Hello, welcome to Book Talk. At Book Talk, we get to have an author come and tell us about his book or her book. And today, we have a great guest with us who is going to share with us something about new members in faith, in churches, or as a Christian in this aspect. So let me not take one more minute. Let's have the guest in the show. And the guest is Dr. VMST. <laughs> Hi. Hi, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, we are honored to have you here. It's a great pleasure to have you here. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to talk about my book. Oh, that's wonderful. So we are seeing Dr. VMST. Uh, uh, that's that's not so common. Explain <laughs> to us. <laughs> I mean, VMST, is that a name? <laughs> yes, it is. So okay. my full name, you just saw it in your intro, is yeah. Dr. Vanessa M. Scott Thompson. Yep. Okay, beautiful. So tell us a, a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you okay. from? Uh, how okay. you... Okay, as much as you want to bring okay. us to this point. <laughs> or as little. <laughs> okay. Or as little as you want. <laughs> so, um, as I kind of mentioned, I am a lifelong Chicago, and I, I now live in the Chicago suburbs here in Illinois in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up on the west side of Chicago, um, and I come from a two-parent home, and I have three sisters, and I'm currently married to my husband. This past April made 20 years. And I have two children. I have a son who is getting ready to be a sophomore in college, and I have a nine-year-old um, who is currently in summer camp so that I can do this interview with you and not be interrupted. Oh. Um, <laughs> I spent, I spent um, 20 years in education, and then in 2019, I made a big shift mm -hmm. uh, because as an educator, um, particularly as a principal, I spent a lot of time in schools, leading schools, developing teachers, you know, with kids. Um, and I made a shift in 2019 to become a, um, an executive in a nonprofit. And so that's mm -hmm. when this book actually was able to be written mm -hmm. because I had more time and more brain space to do so. Okay. Now, and this has been the period of, uh, I believe this is the reason that you've actually done through, I'm mean, going through with the book. This has been a period of uh, recollecting a period of, uh, uh, solitude where you sit down and just yes. how, how <laughs> yes how, well, me, how was it to be how was it for you up to this point uh, through what okay. you've been going through sure yep. so in 2014 when i was a member of a, a smaller church on the west side of chicago my mm. pastor asked me to take over new members class mm. and new members class in any church is to introduce you to the church right and key christian principles and how that church operates mm -hmm. Um, when I took that class over, I asked him, could I rewrite the entire curriculum? And he was like, what? Because he really didn't know what my skill set was because I had kind of been a silent force in the church, if I could call it that way. Mm -hmm. So I wrote this curriculum for teachers and students on key Christian topics like salvation, the Godhead, spiritual gifts, those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And when I left the church in 2018, Anthony, I left the curriculum with them because I was like, oh, okay. Well, in, 28, in 2019, when I went back to visit, as I was shifting into my new job, the, one of the ladies looked at me who took the class over after I left and said, hey, 
uh, you a bad sister. I'm like, a bad sister? What is she talking about? She said that my curriculum was done so well that they didn't change anything. Okay. So on the ride home that evening, I started to think to myself, like, what is going on? And I felt like, because I'm a Christian, that God was saying, take this curriculum now and make it into a book. So I mm -hmm. spent the next year and a half, half of tonight, 2019, all of 2020, trying to build this book out. So I have a teacher manual in the front to tell teachers not only how to do members class, but how to do Bible courses, really. And then the back, I have the student manual that accompanies the, the teacher manual. Okay. So my book was published. Well, it came out, oddly enough, this February in 2022. Mm -hmm. um, my website just went live about four weeks ago. And so what I'm trying to do is address a really niche audience, which is pastors and Christian education teachers and or people who are new to the Christian faith. Because a lot of times when you come into a faith, you don't know what the key tenets are and mm. people expect you to notice stuff. Mm. Yeah, and we have uh, uh, viewers or listeners who are just exactly what you've described. Mm. So it would be good to hear a bit, even before we go and get the book, it, it would be good okay. for you to introduce to us what is we are going to find in the book. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So in the book, the book has two different parts. As you first, say. Yep. So mm -hmm. the first part in the teacher manual, I literally break out for you what a session should look like, how long a session should be, the kind of things you should do as a teacher to prepare for the class, the kind of things, the kind of material students need, right? Mm -hmm. And then I go through all 10 sessions. So I mentioned a few, but it's literally vision and mission, salvation, Godhead, baptism and the Lord's Supper, how to pray and study the Bible, quiet time with God armor of God, praise and worship, ties, offering and stewardship, and spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. Then the student manual, I start with church etiquette. And what I mean by church etiquette is the actual things that people don't tell you when you join church, like where should you sit, how to follow the usher's directions, how to you know go to class and be prepared, how to dress. Because again, a lot of times when we join a faith community, I'm Christian, but if you join any faith community, there are typically rules and or things that you should know mm -hmm. that I'm trying to take, I'm trying to demystify and take the mystery out of. Mm -hmm. And that's very good. So um, it's going to be wide read by, uh, I mean, what, what's your age target? I mean, I'm glad you asked that. Mm -hmm. So this book is really targeted for people who are 13 and up. Because when you are under the age of 12, typically in churches, we teach you the Bible stories like mm -hmm. David and Goliath, mm -hmm. Adam and Eve, you know, Jacob and his sons, right? But when you get a little older in the teenage years, we start to teach you biblical principles and biblical passages in the biblical text in the mm -hmm. Old and New Testament, the mm -hmm. 66 books, right, that the Bible contains. Mm -hmm. And so this book is really for 13 up until you you know, meet your maker, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this book is accessible and easy because each lesson is broke down into an introduction, materials, outline, scriptures, activities, questions. It really, it, you could either do it as a facilitator in a church or a new Christian, which I discovered after the book was published, could do it on their own and really learn more about the Christian faith. Mm. And for us to have a, a very uh, clear like, glimpse of the, uh, the way that you've described it. Can you drive us into one of the chapters and uh, just let, let us hear? So now you're going to see me peek down a little bit because I have to open my book. Okay. <laughs> so, good. so in the in the teacher lesson, lesson, 
-hmm. in the session. It says salvation. The key question is, why am I a Christian? And that's and, why I should have gone. I, I mean, that's why I was aiming. I could have asked because uh, okay. I know we have some listeners here who don't know what you are talking mm, about. When you say you're it. a Christian, you don't have an idea. So go ahead. Okay. So I'm going to slow it down. So Christian means the root word is Christ. So a Christian is a follower of Jesus Christ, right? Mm -hmm. We make it so complicated here in, I call it all seven continents, when really a Christian is a follower of Christ. Forget all the denominations, take away Lutheran, take away uh, Methodist, take away Pentecost, take away all of that. A Christian mm -hmm. is a follower of Christ. So this lesson really does talk about why am I a Christian? And the base scripture for this lesson is Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. So mm -hmm. Anthony, can I read that? Is that okay? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. So from the biblical text and the King James Version, because we know there are about 15 or 16 versions of the Bible. Mm -hmm. So the King James Version is the one that sounds the most, I call it the, it sounds like, but this scripture is pretty simple. Mm. It says, go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, mm -hmm. teaching them to observe all things, whatever have I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. If you look in the King James Version, this scripture will be written in red because Jesus Christ is talking and he has given you the great commission of once you become a Christian, you should help encourage others to become a Christian, right? Mm -hmm. Then right after that, I do an introductory note telling you about why people might become a Christian. And then I tell you the objective of the lesson is sin, salvation, and redemption. So mm -hmm. sin is you're missing the mark of the biblical text that you read, right? Salvation is I am saved by Jesus Christ through accepting him as my savior. Savior means that we understand as Christians that we are redeemed from the sin I just talked about, from missing mm -hmm. the mark. And then redemption is in the Christian faith, you know, we always talk about the cross. So Jesus died on the cross, but we but we believe that he rose three days later and he put all of our sins on the cross. Mm -hmm. Then the next thing I do in the scripture is that very same scripture I just read to you. I have the facilitator or if you're a new Christian, go back and read it again in a different version mm -hmm. so that you can understand it differently. Mm -hmm. Then I give you the outline. So in my outline, I have questions like what is sin? What is salvation? How does sin get in the earth? What, you know, what's the penalty of sin? What, you know, what power can sin have over you? What, how can you confess your sin? How can you be redeemed from sin? And those questions are the same for the discussion. And mm -hmm. then the last question is, what must I do to be saved? And why am I Christian? Now, that will be up to the facilitator in a church to decide how to answer, what must I do to be saved? Some people do the Romans role where they do different scriptures in the book of Romans mm -hmm. to talk about if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God has raised you from the dead, you will be saved. Others go to John 3, 16, right? For mm -hmm. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Mm -hmm. I didn't put those scriptures in the book because if you are a Christian education teacher, you have enough scriptures in the New Testament to be able to choose from, particularly in the gospels, mm -hmm. to walk folks through. So that's mm -hmm. the taste of the teacher session. Okay. So if you flip to the back of the book, Anthony, in the students session for mm -hmm. the same lesson, I put a picture of the cross there to make it real simple, right? And yeah. then in the student session, I have a chart that talks about those same P's I just mentioned in the teacher manual. Mm. The presence of sin, the penalty of sin, the power of sin over your life, and the payment for sin. Mm -hmm. And then I actually give the students the Roman scripture that I did not give the facilitator. Why? Because if a new Christian reads this book on their own, 
I needed them to have some additional scriptures to be able to explore on their own. Yeah. So I would recommend that, yes, you read the scriptures that are in the book, but then find a version of the Bible that appeals to you, New International Version, the mm -hmm. Message, New King James Version. It doesn't matter. It's all the word of God. So I don't know. Did I take too long, Anthony, to do that? <laughs> quite well. That, okay. that The answer was quite straight to the person who was listening for the first time about this Christian talk that we are talking about. <laughs> now, for those of you who may be joining us right now, we are at Book Talk and we are covering the book Foundation of Foundation Basics for New Members by Dr. VMST. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's about um, the, the new member in the Christian faith. And uh, the, as uh, she has explained unto us, it's uh, from the teacher perspective and from the new member perspective, yeah. which is very well put. Why did you consider putting them together apart from... I mean, in the same book? Yeah. yeah, in the same book. That is so interesting. Part of the reason was is that I wanted to make sure that, so before I knew that a new Christian might pick it up, I wanted to make sure that the teacher had both the teacher and the student manual together. What, what I did not anticipate, and maybe it will be in the next version, we'll see what God says, is I probably should have separated it out for the person who might want to use it in a church where the teacher manual could be one small book and the student manual could be another small book. Mm -hmm. But I put them in the same book so that everything would be in the same place. Okay. And then, Anthony, if you don't mind me saying, I um, also did that because I wanted, I wanted students, particularly if you're going to explore this book on your own, to have what a teacher would see, but also in the back, you do the very activities in the back that will help mm -hmm. to drive the point home and reiterate the things that you would have taught yourself in the front of the book. So for example, mm -hmm. my niece and her husband recently went through my book. And I had, I had given them this book in February, but of course they didn't read it until May. That's okay. Mm -hmm. And her okay. husband said that this was the first time in his whole life, and he's in his 30s, that he understood the Bible better than he ever has before. He said, because I made it plain and I made it accessible and I didn't use a lot of highfalutin language. Mm -hmm. And so that was a compliment to me um, from a family member, right? But then when you look at my Amazon reviews, they're kind of saying the same thing. This, uh, this is a practical book where I am not trying to sound like Dr. Vanessa Scott Thompson. I'm really trying to sound like a regular person yeah. so that when you look at the book, you can assess it and mm -hmm. understand the Christian faith more. It is my hope that when people read this book, they'll stay with the Christian faith, right? But guess what? Even if they don't, at least now they've had the exposure to topics that maybe they've never even heard of. Hmm. That's very good. Very good. We are, And we appreciate that you did exactly what you've done. Now, talking of topics, the ones that you mentioned of the topics that are Christian. <laughs> now, what have been the toughest topic for you to tackle? Or rather that oh. you've seen new members have been a, having a, a challenge tackling? So I've actually put that in the book. One of mm -hmm. the toughest, toughest topics to teach is ties, offering, and stewardship. Okay. So I'll tell you why. So let me define first what ties in and offering, because people who are not Christian are going to be like, what is she talking about? Yeah. Well, so a tithe is 10% of your income. And depending on what church you belong to, the tithe can be 10% of your gross income, which is all the income you get. And you do the math and you do 10%, right? Or your net income, mm -hmm. what you get after Uncle Sam. Well, in our country, we have the Uncle Sam and FICA and Social Security and everybody else and the insurance and taking your money. You might tithe off of that. That is going to be that person's choice. An offering is what I'm going to give to the church 
I call it free will, meaning whatever I decide to give, I'm going to give. Mm-hmm. And then stewardship is putting the tithes and offering part of a bigger conversation, part of a budget. So, Anthony, I don't know if where you live, there's this trouble, but here in America, um, and it's not just African-Americans, it's a lot of people. A lot of people have trouble with budgeting. And so when churches start talking about, hey, give us a portion of your money to make sure that our church runs better, people are, look, people are looking at you like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I don't even have enough money to, to take care of my family. So I learned after teaching this class for about a year that if I put tithes and offering in a budgeting framework, budgeting mean this tithes and offering is part of your mortgage, your cell phone bill, your light bill, your gas bill. I know that sounds really funny, but I literally taught people that the tithes should be a part of your budget. Mm-hmm. It's also hard to talk about tithes because people think that the minister is the only one getting the money from the tithe or the offering that you give in church, right? I know you've mm-hmm. heard that. Mm-hmm. That is so not truthful. The church has to operate like your house. So if you go to a house of worship, I'm Christian, but there may be other houses of worship or other faiths. They still have a mortgage. They still have lights. They still have gas. They still have water. You still yeah. want them to have heating and air conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. And yes, you do want the pastor in a Christian church to hopefully take a salary so that when you have a wedding or a baby dedication or a funeral or you're sick, that he is free to come and visit you, right? Because he Mm -hmm. has a salary that he's taken from the church. Oftentimes, if a pastor has to work and be a pastor, you're not going to see that pastor beyond probably the services that he may put together in the week. Mm -hmm. But if you have a full-time pastor who has a salary, which is what your tithes and offer help pay for, that pastor can be more available to you Mm -hmm. as members. So I know that was a long explanation, but that's not what I'm going to teach because you're asking people to take a portion of their dollars it's not trust, easy. right? That you're yeah. going to give it to an institution who's going to do the right thing with it. And you're going to say, look, I hope that the Lord blesses me because I supported this, this institution called mm-hmm. this church. Yeah, it's not an easy topic. And especially uh, every single day that dawns because uh, challenges keep coming. Yes. Now we are hearing of the prizes of uh, petrol all over around mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, so it's yep. not easy. Yep. To, to put a part of your earnings to support the work of God. Yes. Uh, so Can I add have... one more thing, Anthony, too? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So this is, I also taught people, too, in, in the tithes, offering, and stewardship about after you get the budgeting down pack and this tithes and offering down pack, you know the next thing we should be thinking about that nobody really talks about in church is legacy, meaning mm-hmm. what kind of money or houses or whatever are you going to leave behind for your children? So that your children in the next generation can have a better, a better start in their life. Mm-hmm. So I know that sounds really funny to talk about in a new members book, but I kind of mentioned that in there because again, we we always get upset as Christians in particular about oh this money is going to this pastor. No, it's going to the church. However, beyond that, you're trying to have your own house organized so that you can be so blessed so that you can then leave something to your your own children, so that your children hopefully won't have to struggle if you did have a struggle. Or mm-hmm. if you don't have a struggle, like in my case, I actually went up a class. So I grew up very middle class. I'm now upper middle class because of the education that I was blessed with. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm able to give my children different life experiences than I even had as a child, as a, as a kid. 
Yeah, and that's very good. And I like the fact that uh, in the Christian faith, you're not only talk, uh, focusing on me and myself and Correct. I. Uh, Correct. We, 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 are, we are three-dimensional. As you look, yes. uh, you look by the side. Yes. Uh, to connect yes. all the dots. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, in uh, the topics, or rather, as you in your experience dealing with new members, Mm -hmm. We've talked about the tough uh, topic that you encounter. Now, uh -huh. what's the sweetest topic that they are always waiting to hear? Sweetest topic. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you know what? That would be the spiritual gifts topic. Mm -hmm. So in the New Testament of the Bible, there are about 20 to 23 spiritual gifts. And some of the gifts are, when you see me looking away, everybody, it's because I'm peeking back in my book. Some Which of the spiritual wow. gifts are like wisdom, yeah. knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, teaching you know the gift of helps means you like to help people mm -hmm. that's the best topic to teach because now you're asking people now that you've taken this new members class now i want you to look at all the gifts that the bible tells us right and everybody it is believed by everybody who's in any church that you have at least one gift in my case i have multiple but mm -hmm. everybody has one gift that god has given them and we want you to use that either in the church to help make the church better, right? With the other members or mm -hmm. use that gift outside of the church so that you can help other people. So let me give yeah. you an example. So I used to be, and I'm seeing used to be because I now do something a little different. I grew up, particularly in my last church, I was over youth church. So I was responsible for youth between the ages of 13 to 20 and mm -hmm. giving them many lessons on the Bible. I was over the youth choir. So I was responsible for teaching them songs in order to sing on a Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. I was over the new members class that we're talking about now. And I was also in Christian education where I learned more about the Bible than I ever knew. So I had a teacher named Sister Larnabua Baker who taught me more about how to really delve into this Bible deeper to understand yeah. it better. Yeah. So I said all that to say, um, it is, it is, oh, I'm trying to find the right words. This spiritual gifts is so interesting because like in my case, one of my spiritual gifts is help. I like to help people. So every mm -hmm. job that I've had, has been a helper type job. I've been a teacher. I've been a principal, right? I'm now a vice president in a place where we serve people with developmental disabilities. Okay. One of my other gifts is faith. Well, we know that's on display because it's this lovely book that I wrote that talks about my Christian faith. Mm -hmm. um, but every person on the earth, Christian or even non-Christian, you have a gift. And we need to be prayerful about what that gift is so that you can do that gift and do it well and fulfill your purpose. So I think about like, I know this sounds really crazy, but our, our people, um, I don't know if people watch Bishop T.D. Jakes. Many do. Bishop T.D. Jakes is a prolific preacher, but that's not his only gift. If you think about it, he's done movies. Mm. He writes books. Mm -hmm. He does conferences. He's a great speaker. He does radio and television. I mean, he's a very multi-talented, multi-gifted man. Yeah. And so that's what I think about, right? Is that every mm -hmm. person has at least one and some have two, two or four, you know? Mm. And uh, if I may ask, how would someone identify their gift? So, I'm glad you asked. So after what I encourage people to go online, you can actually do something called a spiritual gift assessment. There are a myriad available if you want to Google, but you would put in the search engine spiritual gift assessment. And you can take a, like a quiz and at the end, it will kind of tell you where your strongest at. Mm -hmm. And then you also will pray about it, of course, and say, okay, God, out of these things that I see, where do you see me? You know, where can I see myself serving? And it's not going to always be an audible. God is going to say, hey, you should be helping. No, it's going to be 
it's, it's going to be like, you're going to be doing something. And you're going to like, this feels right. Right. Or you're going to be somewhere. Somebody's going to say, has anybody told you that you have, you know, this gift? And because that's how it tends to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that you either know it or somebody else can see it in you and they can help you point it out to it. Or you take the spiritual gift assessment and it's manifested and it's revealed to you. Mm. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. And thank you for that answer. Now, um, in this present day, there are many challenges that we see around. Mm. Uh, and when we are talking, we are talking about uh, not the individual in this instance. I like the fact that when you're starting, you tell us you're in your 20, 20th year in marriage and growing strong. Yes. Now, uh, I know you're a Christian, so and we yes. are not expected to, I mean, to be separate or to to be <laughs> right. Okay. But uh, there could be a secret there that someone listening could get from that to have as many years together as possible and a wonderful mm. family, and, and especially the new Christian. Mm. You want, so you say you want a secret of, of 20 years of marriage? <laughs> oh, boy. I will tell you this. My husband and I, we were trying to journal ourselves and write us, figure out if, we, if, if my next book will be about marriage. And so that's something we're still discussing. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that's been the foundation of our marriage, besides our Christian faith, and, I, and the reason I say besides is because a lot of times faith is good, right? But it may not be enough. Love is good, but it may not be enough. The reason my husband and I have been together 20 years, quite frankly, is because of effective communication. Mm-hmm. So I'll be quite candid. My husband and I had a major disagreement this past weekend. And so we, you know, we had a major disagreement. I think it was Friday or Saturday. We were pretty silent on Sunday on Father's Day. And yesterday I was able to call him, right? Mm-hmm. And say, hey, I've been thinking about this. And he said, I've been thinking about this. And today we're doing so much better. We do not stay in tension or in conflict or in disagreement for more than a couple of days. Because if you do that, what will tend to happen is that over time, you'll get more bitterness, you'll get more angry, you'll get more hurt, and then you will find yourself separated, and then you will find yourself hurt, and you'll find yourself divorced. So we have learned that in our relationship, it is very easy to love one another when everything is going well. But when we have a disagreement, we have to figure out a way back to each other. I think about the show, I don't know if anybody watched it, but this is us, where Beth and Randall, the African-American couple, a lot of times when they would come up on a difficult situation, she would always, they would always say, what's the door? And so that's what I think about. Our mm-hmm. shared door is our Christian faith, but what is going to walk us through that door? The effective communication. That's, that's wonderful. And I like that answer. It's a great answer. And this is to someone who, who out there who may be thinking, because you're a Christian or because you've seen Christian around, you don't expect that they are going to be in disagreement. <laughs> <laughs> It's life. There's going to be some things that they're not going to agree on. But then at some point, they've got to agree to disagree and find a way through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think think another thing, Anthony, too, is that people think that when you go from being a non-Christian to a Christian or in any faith, quite frankly, that that next day you're going to have all these problems solved. That's not truthful. Mm -hmm. The Christian faith or any faith is a lifelong journey where you are studying, reading the sacred text, in our case, the Bible, to understand more and more about, to your point, not only how to become a better Christian, but how to become a better mom, in my case, how to become a better wife, how to become a better employee, right? Because I go to work and I work as unto the Lord. And what I mean by that is I have to ignore all of the, because I work in a predominantly white institution, I have to ignore all of that 
and really go to work and say, God, I'm working for you and I'm working for my family. Because sometimes the people at work, they work my nerves. I'm just going to be for real. <laughs> and I work in a Christian organization. So, mm -hmm. but I'm human, right? To your point. And so, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And and the fact, one one other thing that you mentioned there that, that could be started, uh, that could have started someone, how would she just say that faith is not enough? I mean, mm. no, this is what the, the picture I see from there. Now, it's a God who uh, helps the uh, seed grow into a fruit. I mean, but yes. then you've got to go out there and plant, physically yes. plant it yourself. Yes. There are things that uh, prayers will just won't won't just do and, absolutely uh, any fasting or <laughs> right no yes, that right. would take your action i mean yes. even when adam was created and put in the garden he was yes. given that authority to name things yes yes and then to your go. point i'm so glad you mentioned this i think about how in order to become a better christian you don't just need books like mine you need to have the biblical text right you need to pray, as you said, right? And then in some faiths, you know, we they say to fast, which is fast from food or technology or whatever it is, right? So that you can really clear your head and your space to really understand what your greater purpose is. I will tell you this. When God talked to me that day, that, that home that day about writing this book, it wasn't a full conversation. It really was that young lady's conversation about, girl, you a bad something. Replayed in my mind my whole 30-minute ride home. And I felt, I've heard a still small voice say, you need to write a book, mm -hmm. right? And so when I got home, I journaled. So that's the other thing that I do, Anthony. I journal yeah. as well. So it's not just my Bible and the Christian books that I buy and prayer. I also journal mm -hmm. because sometimes when I'm journaling, I can see how God is helping me to have the answers right in front of me as I'm writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Beautiful. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's good. Now you did right. I mean, we are in the flow and uh, <laughs> we are in agreement in everything that you are sharing. So for those of you who may just popped in right now, we are discussing foundation basics for new members. And these new members are new members in faith, in the Christian faith, either being church or in an, any institution or just from home, they have become new members and you've got to guide them on how to go about in the faith. And it's yes. written by Dr. VMST. That's Dr. <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> and uh, we are very honored to have you here. We are Thank just you. about to end uh, the show. But before okay. that, we'd like to know, where can we get the book? Absolutely. I'm glad you asked that. So first of all, the book is available on Amazon, Walmart.com, and also Barnes & Noble. However, I want to drive people to my website, so if you look at my name on the screen, D-R-B-M-S-T, and put .com behind it, you will find my website. And one of my tabs is books. So literally on my website, I took um, the courses as well that I told you about, the 10 sessions, and I put those on my website as well so that people can take a course and see how that feels before they want to buy the full book, right? Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I put on my website, Anthony, if you don't mind me saying it, is I also put on my website, what the services I can offer to churches, whether it is via Zoom or Google Meets, or if you want to pay for me to come and travel and be in front of your 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 church leaps, I can do that too. Mm -hmm. I offer Bible study coaching and I offer Christ, uh, discipleship direction. So let me tell you what I mean by that. Bible study co coaching is because I have 20 years as a former educator 
How do you set up your classes in the church so that they are interesting and um, available to people and make them engaging? Mm. And then the discipleship track is, how do I help you set up? Because in schools we do this, but a lot of times in churches we don't do this, course guides that will talk about what's the name of your class? What book of the Bible do you want to teach? And what do you want people to learn? Or the curriculum guide, which is how do I help you map out 10 to 12 weeks of a course so that when people take your class, you know exactly where you're headed. I think oftentimes in church, particularly if you're not part of a mega church, if you're part of a small or medium church, you kind of do things two or three weeks or a month at a time. And I want churches to think bigger. I want you to plan out your Christian education Bible study classes for a year or two years so that you fully know how you want to develop your your members after they finish new members class because new members class is not enough mm. what others which of the other 66 books are you going to explore with those you know new members and new christians and the older christians too so that they can become better not only bible scholars but better christians because again a christian is a follower of christ i can't know how to follow somebody that i'm not learning about mm -hmm. and maybe that somebody isn't helping me in too and so and christian education teachers in churches they, they have all kind of levels. They can be high school graduates. They can be college graduates. They can have doctorates like myself. But most Christian education teachers, the one thing they know how to do is go in that Bible and pray and ask God to help them to teach it to somebody else because that's what you want to be able to do. Mm. Wonderful, wonderful. And thank <laughs> you very much. So for those of you who are listening or those who are watching, go to www.drvmst.com. Yes. get all that that you've had here and much much more absolutely as, as dr vanessa has uh, given us a green so <laughs> and now we've come to the point where at book talk we ask our guests to leave us with a few words oh that wow we will, that we will always remember this is your mm. opportunity a few words the only thing that's coming to my mind right now is i um for the past 12 years I've been in leadership, I have an altar in my office. So an altar meaning I literally have two things with scriptures and a Bible and a mirror. And the reason why I have an altar at my office is to remind me about, and I talked about this earlier, is about who I work for. I work for the Lord and I wanna stay reminded of that. So even when I didn't work in Christian spaces, I've always had an altar. So when I was a principal, I would put it in a closet um, or I will put it on a bookshelf. Now in my current office, because I work in a Christian organization, I have a whole bookshelf that everybody can see. And I have two scriptures up there. So that's the other thing I want to leave with you. One scripture is in Joshua 1.3, every place that the sole of my feet should tread upon, that have I given unto you. I believe that any place God sends me, whether it's a church or whether it's a workplace, I'm going to make a change. Why? Because I am a follower of Christ. And the other scripture that I have for this job is the righteous are as bold as a lion. So I mentioned earlier that I work in a predominantly white institution. I am the first person of color in executive leadership in my organization in the 74 year history. When God gave me this scripture about being bold as a lion, I didn't know what that means. I understand what it means now three years later, which is that I could not have any fear going into a place where I was gonna be the minority on the leadership team. And so, I guess my encouragement would be what I want to leave people with is if you are a Christian, please take the time to put an altar in your house or in your workplace to remind yourself of the Christ that you serve. Amen. Amen. 
matter in your house or in your workplace to remind yourself yes whom you serve yes <laughs> thank you very much uh, dr vmst we appreciate uh, your time here and we thank you for writing the book and we wish that many more people get to see the light by buying your book and using it and spreading the good word that we've been asked given the authority and the commission to go spread thank you so much i really appreciate this opportunity yeah thank you and god bless you thank you so i'm your host anthony morore and uh, dr vm st and we are saying bye for now bye bye Thank you.